You're listening to Theology Untucked with Tim and Caleb. Our aim, as always, is to help the people of God understand, love, and enjoy the Word of God. For more information, visit us at theologyuntucked.com. Welcome to another episode of Theology Untucked with Tim and Caleb. Tonight's episode is titled, Prophets, Prophecy, Dreams, Visions, and Revelation. And now, here are your hosts and theologians by prophetess, Tim and Caleb. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm all right. Theologians ve prophetess. <laughs> Yeah. I have a feeling that has something to do with what we're going to be talking about here tonight. What, uh, what any idea on what that means? Prophets of doom. Oh. Tim and Caleb, prophets of doom. Does it have anything to do with we finally know who won the uh, presidential election? Or is that just more of a general sense of cloud Man. of doom? No, I mean, I, I think we're still in a cloud of doom, no matter who's president, to be honest with you. Truth. Um, I've even still hearing crazy stuff on some other powers yeah. that he could invoke, which is kind of silly. How are you these days? How's the break from break's, writing and research been? Break's been good. Uh, break from assigned reading and writing to uh, unassigned reading and writing, which is kind of yeah. what my break has been. Um, when, when I first joined into... Uh, seminary, a lot of this um, was for me a hobby already. And so I figured, you know, well, why not pursue it in a kind of an organized sense? So even on breaks like this, I I consider writing for my own interests. Um, actually, that is break for me. So I've been working on uh, a project with my daughter that I'm not going to talk too much about, um, but all, a kind of a series of, of books, a whole world that we're working on. Um, and I've been kind of constructing the whole theological worldview and things like this of uh, of the historical background of uh, everything. So anyway, it's been it's been fun. Really been enjoying time off and uh, looking forward to several more weeks of that before we start back again. What mid January, late January, whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know. I know we got a pretty good break because uh, you know we didn't really have one between I guess the last three semesters. So. Right. Um, well, May into the summer semester overlapped had, by a week, yeah. right? I mean, that, that overlap was was something that made um, the, uh, the semester itself run into the next. So it was never any break. And then for me in the summertime, I had no break at all. Uh, yeah. I may have stopped And then you were playing catch up that whole time. Then I played catch up. I did two semesters in September. That just was horrible. Um, so yeah, looking forward to, uh, not, not having anything to do for several weeks. How about you? I know work's been picking up a lot. Uh, yeah. So work's been picking up and then, you know, just life and, um, and then of course, you know, you, you get to so used to writing and research and, you know, I, I spend a lot of time, um, writing myself too anyway so mm -hmm. um yeah i've just been trying to enjoy that haven't really been reading anything taking letting my eyes take a break from all of that stuff but 
Um, yeah, it's been it's been crazy, crazy times. Just just everything that's going on in life, and then trying to trying to recuperate my brain from mm-hmm. all the stuff that's been pummeled into it. So what a what a better time to talk about something crazy like dreams and visions and prophets and prophecy well i would say this is a topic that definitely i did not choose this is one of yours and i'm looking forward to talking to you about it Uh, i know in a lot of places we we may line up i have interests in this area i have uh, some thoughts about this area but it's certainly not an area of, of strength for me or or a great deal of familiarity um but uh, but something I know you're considerably interested into and may actually have a lot to do with some of the dissertation stuff you've been talking about, um, or at least some some mode of that connected maybe tangentially. But um, but yeah, looking forward to the discussion. Uh, how often do you sit down and talk on a conservative you know show about dreams, prophecy, and things like that? And maybe that can be a jump off point for us. Why are we so afraid of talking about this stuff? Yeah, I, don't, I mean I don't I don't know. Um... You know, it's uh, obviously we we dream. I mean, you've had dreams before. Um, a few. I mean, you're a human being, so you have dreams. I have dreams. Most of the time, I don't remember them. Um, but it, it is interesting in our day and time, especially if you go to the the YouTube prophets of the world, and then of course we've in our country we've always had these supposed televangelist prophets that are that are coming up on tv and so you know we 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 just uh you know i I think you and i both agree with the vulnerabilities of of the body of christ that's out there and and looking up to certain people that are in authority um however the bible talks about such things as as dreams and vision, yeah. visions and and stuff like that. So and I think God that has, it's in, God has directly used them on multiple occasions. Yeah, um, and you know specifically to talk about the future. Uh, sometimes to uh, just challenge a person where they stand. Um, it's really similar to prophecy, actually, uh, which is fascinating. It doesn't always deal with the future. Sometimes it just deals with the person who's beholding it or a person it's being delivered to. It's a message from the Lord. Absolutely. And so that's not to say every dream in the ancient world was, nor every dream today. And so the fact that God uses something that is normative for us shouldn't surprise us. Um, people have had dreams for time immemorial. I believe the first dream, if I'm not mistaken, that was mentioned that was specifically revelatory was Jacob's dream of the angels going up and down the ladder there, correct? Yeah. You sleep on that the- rock? That's the first one in the right. biblical text that I specifically specifically mm-hmm. remember. And actually kind of what um, I'm going to kind of reference to in today's talk is would be his son, Joseph. Um, oh, yeah. He had quite a few so, interactions with that. Yeah. And I think that the, it seems to me, you know, being a theologian, that the Bible would be probably a pretty good guide as to how we should think think about these things i should hope um, so i mean if we don't have that <laughs> yeah what do we have honestly? yeah what then what's the point um so you know i i think uh experientially yes i've i i have had i guess what i would um could only be d- 
discerned as prophetic dreams. Um, Let's define our term there for a second. Prophetic. And, and, and so... And so when we talk about what that means is, and it lines up with the Bible as, as far as from what I would say my experience has been, as has been um, having a dream that you know is there and it's always seems to be somewhat obscure and then it comes to pass. And so the only way, now... The only way I would I can say that I would discern that it was prophetic was until after it came to pass. Um and and there and again it it's still really weird and obscure and trying to make sense of it. Um, you know, I, I, I really I really don't know. Now these also didn't start happening to me until um later later in life. Um and, and so I also see, you know, you hear a lot of people that, that have dreams and then they'll talk about their dreams. Um, the, the danger I would say, um, and this would be from personal experience and then also from what I've observed is to how we think about such a dream or vision mm-hmm. and, also being careful as to adding to that and interpreting that. And I think that that's where the most dangerous part therein lies. I can also tell you that I've never had a dream to where they told me to get on YouTube (laughs) or in front of a church or a body of people. Write a book that gets to the New York Times bestseller, right? And but and talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that hasn't happened with some other people in the past. I'm just I'm just saying that there and again, when we add to um, something that God has given to us, I mean there there could be a lot of reasons as to why He does that. Um, and then so let's I mean let's just kind of go and. And look at the story of Joseph. What is it that you remember about the story of Joseph and like the first time he gets a dream? So the first dream he has is with regards to, um, if I recall correctly, the uh, the sheaves gathered together. Uh, the I believe it was thirteen of them, right? Eleven brothers, uh, and then his mother and his father, all bowing down to his sheaf after they were gathered. Uh, the sun, moon, and then 11 stars doing the same thing. And then he goes and tells everyone about it the next day. I've had these great dreams, etc., etc. And everyone immediately perceived their meaning, by the way, which was kind of unusual. Everyone could interpret it directly. Uh, it wasn't really a hidden meaning. Um, but Joseph, throughout the years after there, being sold into slavery, goes down to Potiphar's house, kind of becomes renowned for his ability to know dreams when he gets put in prison after that whole... Uh, incident with Potiphar's wife um, and the cupbearer and the um, goodness, what was the other guy? The the baker, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They both have dreams in the prison and Joseph is able to tell them they come true. He's able to interpret dreams properly, which means you have a dream, a person with um, a person with 
the dream and then you have somebody else that interprets it. That pattern repeats itself over and over and over again. Daniel makes very, very, very clear that the interpretation does not belong to us. There is a God in heaven who interprets dreams. That's right. You know, there's, there's not anybody on this earth among all the wise men anywhere that could ever interpret a dream. And so that, that becomes one of our first parameters with regards to dreams is we have a dream or somebody has a dream and we think we've just got it figured out without talking to anybody or checking with anyone. Um, you're wrong. And yeah. I don't care. I don't care how much it, it jibes with the future or whatever pattern recognition you subconsciously saw or whatnot. I mean, I've had dreams before that I was absolutely convinced when I was um, 11. I remember one very, very clearly and distinctly. Um, and I was convinced that it meant this and that and that and that and everything was wrong, of course. Um, and you know, it, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, I look at dreams like I look at books. Hmm. Books are fascinating. Books are interesting. Some of them are awesome. Some of them suck. Um, and, uh, some of them are consistent with scripture, others are not. Um, but none of them are scripture unless that book happens to be authoritative and verifiably so. And so there is there is a necessity to dreams before the library of scripture is completed. Uh, my personal um, contention on this is that dreams have lost their necessity after the apostolic age. I don't mean to say that God does not use them in exceptional situations. I do mean to say that as far as for a normative sense, assuming that every dream you have as is authoritative is just as foolish as to say every book I read that makes sense to me should be in the canon of scripture. Uh, if you're going to treat something as authoritative or actually from the mouth of the Lord, then you need to be prepared to say, thus the Lord has spoken through my dream. So... What you said about Daniel's very important. Joseph, actually, even before he interprets um, the cupbearer and the baker's dream, mm-hmm. um, also says this. I mean, he specifically says, who can interpret dreams but the Lord? And then he says, tell me your dream. Of course, he tells him what it is. Um, but, of course, it's, first of all, it's the, the glory's given to the Lord. So... As we examine kind of that story that where you talk, we're talking about, you you you've mm-hmm. summarized that well, and, and so just some interesting things that that I took personally to note as to you know how is it that we're supposed to think about such things. What's interesting is part of the context of that story is before, of course, you know his father's given him the coat of many colors we also already know that there is a um, feeling of jealousy on his brother's behalf because they recognize something about how much he Israel Jacob loves his youngest son but then when it goes into the to the part of the dream narrative it doesn't necessarily let us know that Joseph knew what that dream was. And so I can see the youngest of 
all the brothers going to his oldest brothers, telling them about this dream. And of course, they interpreted it thus, that, mm -hmm. what, you're going to bow down to us? Um, and you think that, that maybe he would have learned his lesson because they were mad at him. But then he has another dream, and then he goes back to him again. Just in tell case him, that didn't piss you off enough. <laughs> just in case that didn't piss you off enough, I'm going to throw mommy and daddy in with this. Right. Um, so it's just interesting because the other part of that story is when, it, when, he, when he gets sold off into, into slavery, and then all of a sudden now he's an interpreter of dreams. Well, I guess he... He's an interpreter of dreams because he spent time with the Lord to recognize that it's the Lord that interprets the dreams. I don't think that he ever knew what those dreams truly meant. He knew what they interpreted those dreams as. Um, mm -hmm. We do have a little bit of a clue that what happens is when his brothers now have came to Egypt from the famine— where he recognizes, he thinks back on when he's 17 years old and he had this dream, and he kind of remembers that that very thing of, oh, this is this is why I had this dream. When his brother, and so that's, I don't know exactly how many years later, but this is many years later. Um, so anyway, there there's that. Does that kind of make sense as to, I guess where I would say the carefulness. I mean, if we if we look at Joe's, I mean, he's he's going to recognize that God is the one that interprets dreams. Mm -hmm. um, he's so I would say that that would still be in play today, if it's the Holy Spirit that's giving us discernment into interpreting someone else's dream. But then there and again too, I've never been able. I've I've had some close people that have told me some dreams and very careful on saying that a dream is this or a dream is that the the good thing is is they have a safe place to be able to come with with me to be able to speak about such things mm -hmm. um and pray about such things and, and um because we want the bible to to be our god and then we also want to let it be a faith-building exercise. I also believe that the demonic plays in this realm right. of deception. Of um, course. And, and so that's why I think we should just be very careful is to, first of all, interpreting such things, how we deal with other people that are having such things, other people that are saying that they have dreams because that's the other part uh, and as much as we have so much have talked about false prophets it has a lot to say about dreams and how they use dreams to manipulate other people and yes. hurt other people and you you mentioned um you know trying to either interpret with care or be very careful when talking about meanings and things like this um, here's something we actually don't see in the scriptures is, is trying to be careful because we might step in the mire somewhere. 
when Daniel knows the interpretation, there is no doubt in his mind. He That's knows the interpretation. Point. There's clarity there. The, there is clarity there. Just as when we come to scripture now, we don't, we don't, we don't milk toast around whether or not this is what the Lord has said. We know this is what the Lord has said. It's tested. It's clear. So there, there's no, there's no like dancing around the circles. Well, let's be careful just to make sure that this is not, you know, this is consistent with scripture or something like that. For someone who's interpreting scripture, interpreting dreams, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is no place in scripture that we ever see somebody who interpreting a dream in some passive, you know, tenuous way. Well, maybe this means that, and maybe that means this. It's always, here's what the Lord's telling you. Yep. And it's clear because he just told me. I mean, that that is the role of an interpreter is to to work through the lack of clarity of a dream and to get to the exact core point that God gave you that specific dream. You know, and so there, there's never any of this, let's be careful, let's try to work our way around, let's make sure that we don't go against scripture. Of course, it's not going to go against scripture, right? Because the same God is speaking in both. If truly he is speaking through that dream, we should have as much confidence on that dream if the Lord is doing it as we have in scripture. And this is where I put the impetus on those who are claiming that their dreams are on the level of this is what the Lord is saying to me individually. What more does he have to reveal to us? That's an authoritative sense outside of scripture and what he's given to us. The gospel being once and for all delivered through his son and the apostles he gave to us. That foundation of the church being the prophets, Old Testament, and the apostles, New Testament, prophets and apostles now we'll probably get into this when we talk about prophets are, are specific roles that were fulfilled and were done uh specifically with the coming of christ and the the founding of the scriptures and so when we when we come to every single instance i've seen of it and i'm, I'm not speaking to yours because i that's the first time hearing of this but every other instance i've seen of this is 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 people manipulating other people or themselves and not realizing that that's what's happening. And um, I've, I've seen it through people that have no respect for the word of God. And I've seen it with people that do. And, mm -hmm. and I, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean anything or that, but I will say from my perspective, when I come to something like this, I always come with the highest scrutiny possible because if this is something that the Lord is saying, one, I want to know that. Two, I want to be able to verify that. And mm -hmm. three, it's not going to be authoritative unless I can do those things. I mean, mm -hmm. when we come to scripture, I'm not sitting here going, e well, I'm, I'm preaching on Galatians 5 today, which I actually am this coming Sunday. I, I, I'm preaching on Galatians 5. I, I really don't know if this is scripture or not, but uh, I guess we'll just kind of, we're mostly sure this is scripture. So I guess we'll just see what's here that uh, meshes with what I view in the world. Otherwise, I wouldn't find that an acceptable way to approach the revelation of God. And so if, if dreams are happening today, they need to be authoritative. They need to be verifiable. They need to be clear. And the interpreter cannot be, oh, maybe this and maybe that, as if he's coming to a poem that he's just read. This is not on the ability of man to interpret. God himself gives the interpreters of dreams clarity and specificity. And that's the end of that story. I, I don't know of any instance anywhere in scripture where, where the interpreter of a dream comes back going, well, here's some themes, here's some symbols, here's probably what's God saying. Yeah, so 
man, that's that's a lot of stuff, and that's a lot of good stuff. Um. So, when I guess I would say about carefulness, so obviously, um, I I would I would approach the biblical text in the area of interpret interpreting the text. Um, I guess the same way. I I know that it's inspired, but mm-hmm. then there's there's times I get to a text where I don't know exactly what's being communicated. And so I guess there's carefulness there in trying to understand um, before I'm going to say this scripture means thus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and part of this has to do, it, I guess it, it relates to another topic that we've, that we've talked about as to how they use in the, in the New Testament, Old Testament scriptures is something that I've thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, um, the end of Matthew, where Jesus is talking about this end of days or the last or the, the end of time. Uh, a lot of people interpret those things differently. And, of course, he, he references a text with, with Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about that is you're talking about Matthew 24, 15, 24, the, the abomination. Yeah, correct. So the abomination of desolation is a piece that was written by Daniel. That was written to a certain audience that mm-hmm. by most people's estimation. And I, and I would agree had been fulfilled with Antiochus, uh, epiphanies. Yeah. Second century. Yeah. At least in How, some sense. However, <laughs> Jesus uses that text to talk about a different time. Still in the future. Right. That's still in the future. So you have, say, when it comes to eschatology, you'll have some people that are going to be, well, this has already been fulfilled. Well, yes, but Jesus uses that text to talk about a future time and of course we believe that that was fulfilled probably in 70 AD mm-hmm. um was that Claudius the Titus Titus Titus, Titus the general yeah the general Titus so now do we close the book on that or is there is that going to be another repeated theme you, you see what I'm saying right um Plus, you got to say too, Jesus Prophetic can do with the text what, what Jesus about. wants to do with the text, right? Um, and and so I guess when it comes to like dreams and, and visions, it that's why it makes me think about it, um, because there is a there is a carefulness, um, and you're right. Every single narrative that I know of, when there's an interpretive vision, that that in the text in the narrative they in they're able to interpret that. There's no hesitation on right. Joseph's part. There's no hesitation on, well, there is somewhat of hesitation on Daniel's part on one of them because he goes back and, and prays and God gives him the answer. Well, because the 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 king Nebuchadnezzar did not remember the dream. He just remembered that it was absolutely terrifying and very important. That's right. He didn't. And even so tell Daniel him says, dream. "Okay, so you don't know what the dream is. All right, then I'm going to have to go have the dream myself." And then God's going to give me the interpretation. He comes back, boom. Not only am I not guessing what your dream is, I know exactly what it was. 
it was this. And the king's like, dang it, that's exactly what it was. And it was this, 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 this. And, you know, he wasn't giving general themes. He wasn't saying, oh, you know, it's something that started with an M, maybe. I'm getting M. You know, it, nothing like that. It was what you saw was a statue. It was like this. He had this. He was His chest was made of this. His legs of this. His feet of this. And then there was a mountain that wasn't cut out by hands. It came and smashed it and all this stuff. He said, let me tell you exactly what it is. Here's the kingdoms, the ones that come after you. Boom, 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 boom. All the way down to the kingdom that comes outside of this world that sets up and fills the entire earth. And yeah, so I mean, that, there's, there's the no part lack of two clarity. where there's obscurity too, because he, you know, there's, there's future, there's future things. So he can't specifically say that this is this, this, and that. So guess what? He doesn't do it. Well, of course Meaning, not. Like as he's interpreting it. And so I, I'm not gonna, um, I, I'm not, I'm not saying he's being exhaustive. I'm saying he's being clear correct and that's where almost every instance i've ever seen of 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 dream interpretation going on not reflexive like i dreamed this and then something came about i mean dream interpretation and then we wait to see if that interpretation yeah. is right every single time i've seen that it's been generic squishies and that is not the biblical pattern of dream interpretation mm -hmm. at all now, when we go into the New Testament, so we're not in the prophetic era, we're in the apostolic era, um, and you see a, a very, it's almost like you, um, and, and I've, I've read a couple of articles on this about how this, the, the apostles had kind of taken this role. It, it was a new role, but a different role, but a similar role as from mm -hmm. from the apostles and then so you've you've got um and to, to, to be to be specific and accurate we're in the prophetic era until the book of acts starts correct the gospels are still revelatorily old testament correct uh, so there's all sorts of stuff going on in the gospels that never go on in the acts of the apostles all the way through the Re book of revelation for that reason is the the new testament church really does not get going until acts chapter two but anyway i just wanted but, to make that clear but you're right and so but that's that's how they don't even understand all the things that jesus had said correct until this moment in acts two when they right. get what the holy they spirit get the holy spirit that was there to recall to your memory all the things that i've taught you and done they yes. didn't do it in their in their power so right. there's no ability, whether it's a dream or even that moment there, there there's no ability in us to be able to do um, any of this. So, so same by the way, same by the way with almost all of the charismatic gifts in the apostolic age. Speaking in tongues is not a learned trait, nor is the interpretation of tongues, which I find incredibly lacking, which is very strange. You know, and the interpretation of tongues is never guessing or anything. It's clear, it's concise, it's direct. Uh, it's never spoken of as anything else. And same, by the way, as speaking in tongues was. It was speaking forth the glories of God, and people could hear it and understand it. They were to, That was the whole point of this, was, was to bring clarity to the message, not obscurity. And, 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 yeah. and he's addressing this type of thing so that... From from what I can tell in the text, that every every one of these tongue type of of phenomena that happened mm -hmm. was an actual language that was spoken that someone intelligibly understood. 
there may have been somebody understanding it. Sometimes that didn't necessarily take place, and so the necessity of an interpreter was present, and that's referred to because if it doesn't edify the church, correct. So and it just clanging symbols, right? But there also seems to be because this, even in the first century, gets to be, I guess, an area of deception to where there's there's this what's called it's and they're they're worshiping angels there seems to be this angelic and it you know it comes from gnosticism Mm -hmm. um and and so paul's kind of trying to correct this same type of behavior of that's just kind of really common sense practice of look if if (laughs) if if there's not an interpreter and no one can understand it that there it's not edifying yeah, go home. It's not uh, um, when when we when when Tim and I speak on this, other than my stupid little Latin word that I do at the beginning, which we do interpret, but we're not speaking in Greek. We're not speaking in Russian. Um, it, you know, if we had a Russian podcast and I knew Russian, then you know this would be irrelevant for us to be speaking English because it's right. not going to edify the people of Russia who cannot understand English. Right. It's just it's just noise. So there and again, now, so now when we go back to dreams and visions, and the Bible talks about them, John has them. Um, there's also some interesting, you know, they get these obscure visions and, Sorry, and dreams. Sorry, which, which John? Specify. Which John, John the Revelator, uh, Southern oh, Revelations. And... So now you would distinguish that as a dream, not as a vision. Well, so I, I guess how I would discern the difference between a dream and a vision, um, because I've actually had both, and and for me, a vision would be something when I'm cognitively awake, and a dream I think that would, would be, be the main difference between them. Yeah, one you're asleep for, one you're awake for, and then one that now, <clears throat> uh. D- discerning what they mean, I don't. I still don't know. Um, I also know that there was a great deal of deception in it. It wasn't from the Lord. Some of them I've at least discerned, been able to discern that to where it, it wasn't. It wasn't from the Lord. Um. So there's, there's, we should be careful. There's a lot of things that come into play. Um, mental, there, there's mental things that, that come into play. There's, um, have we slept? Have we eaten? Have we, you know, are we, are, we, are, are is there any sin in our life? People don't like to necessarily talk about or, or admit that. Are, are, is there some kind of, thing that you're doing that you know um, of sinful activity that would allow such things to come in you know this and 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 to even go beyond this i mean the vast majority of prophecies in scripture have nothing to do with the future they have to do with the present the vast majority of prophecies in scripture are this is your current road you're on turn to the lord and repent Otherwise, and then here comes the future, I'll destroy you. 
So you could even say that that is a prophetic thing. That's getting something, God, to turn you back to him. So that was the goal of prophecy. It's also the goal of the apostles. So, I mean, in some sense, they have a very similar role. This is why the foundation of the church is the apostles and the prophets, um, with Christ as the cornerstone, but the foundation stones are the apostles and prophets, always plays a role in every picture of the church, whether you get to the New Jerusalem or whether you're in Ephesians chapter 2 or in your First Peter chapter 2. Uh, this this picture is, is unanimous across the board that the apostles and the prophets playing this role of calling you to a life of repentance, that this is never something we get away from, it, it is always speaking of the ramifications of that, the effects of that, the clarity of that. And and, and and here's where I really call into question, whenever we're talking about dreams and visions and prophecies, this may just be from my experience, those who I know that hold to those are always so focused on figuring out the future. Mm-hmm. And yet that is not the primary goal of prophets or apostles, period. The primary goal is to call you to repentance. And so I, I agree with you 100%. That, that dream... And I don't mean because it's coming from, you know, you know, Satan himself coming in and messing with your dreams when you're asleep. If, if that dream, just like anything else in all of nature, can call you to repentance, you Praise, and I have no issue. Praise God. That's the whole point of these things, as well as the kindness of God, as well as the rain coming when you don't deserve it. The kindness of God meant to lead you to repentance. Romans 2. I don't care if it's happening in the natural world. I don't care if it's happening in the ethereal dream world. I don't care if it's happening. I don't care if you're wrong or right. If it's leading you to repentance and trust in Christ, I have no problem. <laughs> no problem. Because the, the, the focus is on Christ. And if the focus is on Christ, the glory goes to the right place, even Amen. if we're wrong. It, the, look, the, this is the other thing that I guess a lot of people either theologically don't understand or we just get wrong that I've always got to correct myself on. The demonics on God's payroll, they do nothing without without his allowance. Yeah. They're, you they're, look up the story of the prophet Micaiah and you'll you'll see that in play where the lord comes out and says let's find a lying spirit to go down and fool the false prophets and you may you know, not have done nothing wrong well jehoshaphat did but yeah so did ahaz but yeah or ahab but still it, it may not it, there may be a testing that there, there may be something that god's doing to you um and so that would be i guess the other experiential side of it is First of all, when you have them, they're never fun. It's never fun. It's never this glorious thing. It's confusing. Um, And I wouldn't wish it on anybody. However, it's, it's a little bit easier for me now to... Because I've been, I guess, through the pain and the mistakes... um, and then as I speak to others that are that are going through it, that, hey, look, that this number one thing that we got to get up, Jesus is, is Lord. Right. Um, and we're, we're called to repentance. We're called to, that doesn't mean necessarily that you did something wrong. However, let's 
let's examine ourselves. Let's examine our hearts. Let's put it this um, way. The person who thinks they've done nothing wrong is the exact person that needs to turn and repent. Because that that pride and that 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 lack of self-awareness uh, means that you have distanced yourself from the law of God to such an effect as you are no longer aware of your sin that so easily entangles you and is in your members at all times, wretched man that you are. So there is there is so much lacking in discernment if we actually come down on the idea that, well, I can't think of anything that I need to repent. Uh, the, the life of the Christian is a life of repentance uh, here, there, and wherever, no matter what your dreams say. And this is, this is kind of what, this is kind of where I would fall on this, um, is dreams, whether or not God's used them, I think is, is a given. He uses everything in all of his creation. Absolutely. Whether they are revelatory and authoritative. Well, and I would say revelatory, revelatory in the sense, they may be revelatory for you personally to get you to right. repent. That's why I said revelatory and authoritative. Right. And then authoritative would be something that you're broadcasting out. And that's well, where sometimes just... we can make an authority for ourselves. And and this is where I would say there needs to be great caution. Because if, if we are adding to scripture, then it needs to be challenged and looked at with an absolute skepticism. If it is not adding to scripture, then it seems to be unnecessary. And this is kind of one of those aspects of living in an age where God has given us a full corpus of biblical revelation is some things are just not necessary. We, we look at the opening of the book of Hebrews, for instance, where where uh, the the author there reminds us that God used all sorts of different ways to communicate mm-hmm. his revelation in times past. Visions, uh, Urum and Thummim. Remember, we, you know, up uh-huh. until Acts chapter 1, we had Rolling casting of lots. Correct. You know, we had all of these different ways. Dreams and visions and prophecies and prophets. And um, prophets that were just bizarre. Ones that would have to eat and their very lives would be a picture uh, of, of what their message was. People like Ezekiel. Uh, you know, and God would fire from the top of the uh, of the mountain, uh, Mount Horeb, and all of these various different ways that God's interacted with the world. And then Hebrews 1 comes in and says, and then now God has chosen to reveal himself in one way, that's through his son. And Amen. it becomes a gospel message once for all delivered to the saints, as Jude says. that This is something that, that comes down, settles to the church. And the Holy Spirit being given to the church gives us perception of a world very different than people who came before us. Old Testament saints and New Testament saints do not have the same perspective. Old Testament saints had a whole variety of ways that God was interacting with them. New Testament saints do as well, but it's on a whole different level. We actually have ourselves being called living stones in the temple of God in which the Holy Spirit makes acceptable sacrifices. That's... That's, that's amazing language. That's an amazing gift to us. And does that give us special eyes and perception and things like this? Mm, yes, yes, in certain no. ways. And in other ways, no. Yeah. Because we're never going to experience what Abraham experienced, where he's where he's put into a deep sleep and then a burning oven passes through the pieces and a covenant of eternality is made with him. I mean, that's... That's that's a that's a type of vision we're never going to see. Why? He never saw scripture. Yeah. We have but, something more sure. And this is something that Peter makes very clear in 2 Peter chapter 1. We have something even more sure 
he says, then my standing on the Mount of Transfiguration. He, That's he, he what actually, I love about the Bible is that we get to sit at all of their feet. Yes. And hear all of their stories and yes. hear all of their experiences. Um, I and think with, that sometimes there's a little bit of maybe a spiritual jealousy that kind of goes on where we yes. kind of want these same types of things out of our own. It's called discontentment. Yeah. And yes, they looked forward to what we would have. You see that at the end of Hebrews 11. Yeah. You see that you see that in 1 Peter chapter 1 where not only the prophets would look forward to the world that we would live in, but the angels desire to look into it. First Peter chapter one, verse nine, I believe it is, you know, where, where all of these things culminated in, in the age of the Christ. And, and we have this, this transmission of, of revelation in such a unique way through the apostles and through those who they trained for the Matthew and Luke and John and Mark and, uh, and, and, and Paul and John and Peter and James and whoever wrote Hebrews. And you know you, you have <laughs> you <laughs> you have these expressions throughout that are talking to us of this clarity now that has been given to us. There were all these mysteries, the salvation of the Gentiles, the nature of the Messiah. All of it's been explained. All of it's been given to us. That doesn't mean that we now have risen to full knowledge. We're not talking Gnosticism. We're not talking about some special higher knowledge either, which which we really you mentioned earlier get into the danger of with very dreams. Very dangerous, you know. Very and so dangerous. this is where scripture comes in, and it is always um, so. We have a professor that we had during the summer term um, that would always talk about scripture in 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 a good way. It's not I don't agree a hundred percent, but it is the norming norm. It should always come back and and normalize every other extravagances that we have in our lives we we say hey i feel this or i think this or i philosophize this we should always bring it back and test it to scripture dreams are no exception i would agree um any any thought that comes in we we are to do what we're to take that and arrest it and and, and hold it up against what does the Bible tell us. Um, and we don't even have to spiritualize this. Um, secular psychology tells us that two-thirds of the thoughts that enter our brain are wrong. They're not true. They're a lie. That, that's, a lot of that's, our memories are, too. <laughs> and, and our memories are in the way that we... It's almost like God knew that and required two to three witnesses, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it, it's about being held accountable, but that's also too, while we wanted to kind of have an episode on this and talk about it because people need a safe place to be able to talk about these things. Um, which means that you need to have, you need to have community with a, church and then that means you need to have a community with a church that has a good understanding on such things because then then that's that's where we see so many problems is if they don't have a right theology on such things they possibly take um the vulnerable down 
roads that end up right. being paths for destruction for and 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 don't hear us say that we want you to find a church that that majors on dreams interpretations please no, no. do do not no. do that Fine. yes no because, because the opposite that, of what we're saying that's find a church that opposite. focuses on christ and no one else and is able but we to shouldn't be dismissive talk to you about this stuff yeah right. we shouldn't be dismissive as but you know if you're on the reform there you don't really believe in so we can't be dismissive of, of such things it, someone comes doesn't matter how crazy the thing is that the person comes to you with that right. you need to listen and pay attention um and watch you know, as, a, as a pastor I've, I've run into this several times um and not only with this but with um prayers uh with with all sorts of different things that people have um and yeah does some of it bump up on mysticism yes it does mm-hmm. yes it does and but here's the thing if i don't sit down and hear and listen and interact and lovingly challenge and work with yeah um and bring them back to scripture then i will do nothing but in my pride shove them on to somebody who will lead them down the wrong way and there are myriad of people in these areas specifically that desire to lead people down absolutely destructive paths. And I don't want that for somebody that that yeah. is trusting in Christ because those paths do not lead to Christ. Those paths where you were just focused on your dreams and special revelations and this higher knowledge and think none of this is Christianity. But mm-hmm. if if God is going it's to It's Christianese. Use, it sounds... Right. But God, I, I believe... So I'm, I'm as reformed as they come, right? And, and I believe that God could use and does use the color of someone's shirt mm. to spin a whole different outcome of a day that nobody anticipated. I believe God is the God of all contingencies. There, yeah. there is not a pebble on this earth that does not have its location there for purpose. Every single thing does. And dreams happen. They are part of our world. They are part of our experience. It means not only are they part of the created order, it means they have a purpose. And yes. does that make them authoritative on the level of scripture? The answer is not unless God is doing that. I can't and say then that yes, would be and the I next can't thing say is no. How do we know? Eventually? And here's the thing is, is, and that's why I always come back to the biblical pattern of this. And this is why scripture has to be the norming norm for us is, is, we know because when we come to any time we see a dream being interpreted anywhere in scripture, there's always absolute clarity. Mm. So if you are coming down with a dream and going, oh, you know, I don't know. Here's a theme of a pirate ship, this or a theme of a this or that. No, no, that's not how biblical, actual authoritative interpretation works. There needs to be clarity. God is not the God of absolute confusion and chaos. That's not how this works. Dreams, the whole point they were given at the time they were given, and if that does overlap today, I'll simply say I've never experienced it. I wouldn't be surprised to be surprised by God again. But but it should always be a clarifying thing, not a confusing thing once it's interpreted. And that, that would be the only thing I would have down for that. What I would add is if it is prophetic, even if it is 
and there's not clarity and there's a lot of obscurity. First of all, read your Bible, but do that anyway. Um, but you'll get it again. If it's prophetic and God has a purpose in it, then he'll use it. And so from whether you faith, agree with it or not, right? Correct. Um, and if it is prophetic, there will there will be clarity on it. Mm-hmm. Maybe eventually, but it's always usually the clarity comes after it's been fulfilled. It it wasn't for you to necessarily go and broadcast on on YouTube, and I'm not saying that you these people didn't have that dream. I'm pretty sure they probably did, but me just listening to some of them from my I'm like I, you know I could I could see I could see where if I had that dream where I would be interpreting that you need to stop doing what you're doing right um and it I just I don't know I uh, we're in dangerous times now um mm-hmm. People being isolated, listening to YouTube prophets. Yep. Um, People getting desperate for a new word from the Lord rather than the one he's given. And, 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 that, that, and that really comes down to a real problem. Breeding. Look, it, it, it is. There's, there is some work that comes in to reading our Bible. Yes. There's some things in it where we don't understand that are obscure that are look dig in to god's word pray over it and he will he'll i mean you'll you'll learn from the holy spirit directly not a dream not a vision revelation while well, sitting that, under a pastor to whom you can go to with yes, these concerns that yes. loves the word of god and will always challenge you with it. Correct. Yep. Um, it, it, it's not meant to be... We weren't meant to do this thing in isolation. Nope. Now, in fact, even, you can't. even if we are in isolation, there's still <laughs> two, three. You know, that, now, here in the West, that, that we don't really have that excuse. I don't, I just, I don't, I don't. I don't care. We can actively pursue relationship with God and that system that is in place for us to grow and foster is with the church, not in isolation with ourselves. We're too vulnerable because of our dreams, because of our visions, because Mm -hmm. there's a reality of a demonic presence supernaturally that I believe that we're too vulnerable to being deceived. We're too prideful. We're too stupid in our own power. Um, and, and look, even if you're a, a pastor, like Tim, like Tim is a pastor, and, and, and or has been a pastor, has been in that role. Um, I, ha, I, I, Tim, we submit ourselves to that to the body of Christ of mm-hmm. serving one another of loving one another of bearing one and one another's burdens um 
that isn't easy. It's hard. It's hard to bear. It's hard enough to bear your own burdens. It's hard to bear other people's burdens. And it's even one harder burden. to let your burdens be bore by another. Yes, it is. You um, have to actually be honest. It It's a place of vulnerability. Yep. But it's in that vulnerability. It's in that awareness. It's in that weakness where we are strong. And that's ultimately what I want and what Tim and I both want. for. And that's where God is glorified. Praise Our God. Right. Our weaknesses. We need we need one another. Christ deemed it to be that way. He didn't spend his time with uh, twelve men for those three years, and came and do what he did for no reason at all. Um, we need to pay special attention and into how he not just dealt with the public and said in public and and said to the Pharisees what he said to these men and how he said it and how was it different how did Jesus act differently with those 12 men than he did with with other people I think there's a lot of importance in that Mm -hmm. relationally um he didn't Jesus didn't open himself up and and have a big giant mega church I would imagine being the son of God he could probably you know made that happen in John six, they tried to make him king, but he and didn't he do refused. that. He didn't do that. He, he was him. always getting away from the crowds um, to get back with these twelve men, and then there's even a deeper relationship with three other men that's more mm-hmm. intimate that got to see other things that the other ones didn't. Right. Um, there's something special in there, and we we need to kind of mirror our lives on that. I don't remember a lot of talks of dreams and visions with the disciples. I know I, 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 there's not much. <laughs> there's a little bit, but not much. Now, he did speak in parables that were obscure, and then, of course, they'd ask him about it, and guess what? He'd get with them alone clarity. And, and give them clarity on what it meant. Right. And, then he, and then they still wouldn't understand when he was clear. Right. But then they understood it later yep. when they received his Holy Spirit. So that's what that's what I want for all of us is clarity. That's what I want for myself. Is clarity. It's clarity. So, it's so awesome to serve such a God with with so many different ways mm. to give His grace, praise God. and His revelation. It, it is it is a remarkable thing that that God has chosen to do this in so many different forms and formats to speak to cultures across time space and everything i mean you you have different cultures that will will attach themselves to the epistles other cultures that will attach themselves to the psalms other places that will attach themselves to the to the histories or to the pentateuch or you know to the flame on on uh, on um, mount hebron right all of these pictures point to Christ. And 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 so if if at the end our goal is Christ and him crucified and that's who we're preaching then these secondaries and and sources of experience uh aren't even tertiaries. Yeah. If Christ has the preeminence, glory hallelujah, maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Looking forward to that, right? I am um...
Um, the more I deal with pain in this world, the the more I am excited about it. Yeah. It makes us patient. Yes, it and does. And if there's anything that I learned this past summer, um, you know, mm. we do not suffer through things and they make us patient just because we have now scars and and now we've just arrived our expectations to something that's disappointing no 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 it's it's in our suffering that we realize the faithfulness of god mm. and that makes us more patient because god is faithful he is not slack concerning his promises and his return while may not be today or this next hundred years his return is sure because yes, his promises is. are sure and so therefore we may take heart in the worst of sufferings because one day we will step onto the new heavens and new earth and find there that our sufferings of this present age were not worth comparing to what glories we will see and not that all will make sense but it'll all be worth it and Amen. we look forward to that day Tim, once you close us out. Yeah. Our Father, however long that day is away from us, whether there's 10 minutes left of church history or another thousand years or another 10,000, mm -hmm. you have surprised us many times before with how long suffering you are to this world. We do thank you, Father, for your patience for the past thousands of years mm. to make us part of your family and while we pray come lord jesus we also say we will endure all suffering for the sake of the elect that they may find a like salvation we do not want one of us to be lost we know your promise is sure to save those whom you have called to glorify them to justify them to sanctify them Father, as we are on that trip as well, we look forward to such glorification. And should we see your face before we see our grave, we will praise your name for all of the eons of eternity. But should we, like so many millions of Christians before us, plant our faces into the ground and sleep that sleep and rest in Christ, we will still declare our hands are no longer of use and our spirits belong to you. We commit them to your care and we look forward to the rising again. Lord, we look forward to all these things with great anticipation, no matter the path, whatever sufferings may come. May we always remember your faithfulness and your promises. And pray, come Lord Jesus. for listening to Theology Untucked. Join us each week as we engage in all things theological, biblical, and cultural. These are the types of conversations we should be having in the church today, and we aim to play our part. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question you'd like us to address, or a prayer request, please send them to us. You can reach me at Caleb at TheologyUntucked.com. Or you can reach me at Tim at TheologyUntucked.com. Do note that your prayer requests remain strictly confidential. We will not be sharing them on the show. For more information or to support the show, please visit TheologyUntucked.com.
Lord's blessings to you all. Yeah.